0: Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is another Sunday special. We took audio from a panel at the recent SWIFT Summit, and the subject of the panel is the Bechdel test. And if you don't know what that is, that is when two women in a film or television show are speaking, and the subject is not a man. This panel has a bunch of friends from the podcast and a few Folks who haven't been on the podcast before, but are so, so qualified to talk about this. It is hosted and led by actress and social media extraordinaire and and actually multi-hyphenate Elizabeth Donaldson, who has been on the podcast in the past. It also has as panelists Vicki Yates from News Channel 5. She's a six-time Emmy Award winner. In addition to Vicki, we have Tammy Heiler. She's the CEO and founder of Smashville Entertainment. And last but certainly not least, we have friends of the podcast and two-time guests, Katie Amon and Sarah Zanotti. Uh, Katie is a filmmaker and writer. Sarah is a wonderful actress and writer. And the two of them head up As If Productions. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging panel with an amazing crew of female filmmakers and creators. We'll be back on Tuesday with our regular episode drops. So until then, enjoy. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley.
1: Welcome to the panel. We're going to be discussing the Bechdel test today. We have some really incredible women in film. So uh, why don't we start who you are? Do you
2: want me to start? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm Tammy Heiler and um,
3: I, I am a filmmaker. I have a um, company called Smashville Entertainment. And uh, I started here in Nashville as a songwriter for years at Sony and uh, a couple of other publishing companies, but the bulk of my career was at Sony Music and segued into films and television in 2013. My background is um, I was um, lived in L.A. for years and worked in the film industry there and moonlighted as a country singer, so I came here, or a country writer, and came here and kind of lived in the music world for a while, and now I'm back in film and TV and my, uh, let's see, Dr. Ming said, my thesis for today, so my thesis in general in my career is have fun. <laughs> have fun. Make your working environment fun, and you'll get the best work out of everyone.
4: <laughs> Thank you. My name is Katie Amond, and I am a screenwriter, producer, director, editor. <laughs> Um, I have a production company with Sarah Zanotti here, and uh, we make feature films, usually pretty dark ones. Sometimes funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Here. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I'm Sarah Zanotti, and Katie and I have a production company together called As If Productions, which is Amen, Zanotti, and then we love Clueless. Um, even though our movies don't reflect the genre of clueless at all um yeah we make mostly psychological thrillers with like horror elements in them although we're starting to branch out into like dark comedy i'm an actress katie directs we write together and um i don't know we love cheese yeah <laughs> we both love cheese.
5: okay uh, I don't know. I guess it's working. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Vicki Yates. I work for News Channel 5. I've been working for News Channel 5 for the past 32 years. Uh, prior to that, I worked in Pittsburgh, and prior to that, Cincinnati, and prior to that, Toledo, Ohio. I've, uh, I can't say that I have a lot of film experience other than interviewing a lot of actors and actresses and a few directors over the years. But I have six Emmys, but none of them are in film. Unfortunately, I'd like to say I had won a film Emmy, but I didn't. Uh, But I really enjoy film, if that helps. And I'm very conscientious about what I watch and certain things that I don't necessarily enjoy, but still watch so I can always learn.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much, everyone. So uh, everyone, welcome our fantastic Mm -hmm. panelists. So, Katie, I'm going to turn this one over to you to really explain and lay out what is the Bechtel test? Um, let everybody know, because I know that you can say it better than I can. (laughs) The Bechdel test,
4: the Bechdel test, here we go. I got
3: to
1: hold it. The Bechdel test started in, um, fiction
4: and it's, it was a test created to measure the representation of women in fiction. And today in order to pass the Bechdel test or what the Bechdel test is, is having a scene with two female characters or female identifying characters talking about something other than a man. That is the Bechdel (laughs) test very Crazy. complicated <laughs> sex in the city has never passed it not yeah. in one episode not a once um but um yeah that's essentially it and and by making sure that your script passes that test at least once or twice you can uh, you know make sure you're properly representing both genders or all genders
1: yeah beautiful i think that's so that's just such an interesting thing and i i think that we don't often think about it is how much so much cinema and writing is centered around this sort of classic story of like romance and love and men. And I, you know, I'm very pro men, but in telling women stories, we all know the conversations that we have with one another. So I just think that that representation of actual female viewpoints is so important. So um, why don't we start, Tammy, I would love to hear just sort of your experience in how have you amplified the female voice in your work? And what's that journey been like for you?
3: That's funny that you all put me on this panel because I, I didn't know how to pronounce it until this morning, just like a couple minutes ago. I was calling it the best still test, you know, yeah, I'm going to speak on the best, still, best still test. Anyway, I, I happened to um, the, I've, I've produced um, three features and a documentary and my newest project I just Finished is a pilot for television scripted drama series, and um, funny enough, it was born out of a song that I wrote a while a while back. Um, it's called "Way Back in the Woods," and <laughs> funny enough, it's about four young sisters um, raised in the woods of da- the backwoods of Tennessee, never seen an iPhone, never seen a car. Um, completely off grid. And from 15 years old on down to nine years old, they were abandoned by their parents and left completely alone to survive by themselves, running the family moonshine business. So um, our story is literally female-driven, strength, survival, um, and sisterhood. (laughs) So it's kind of encapsulates that whole thing. And they they don't really know men yet. So there's not a whole lot of conversations about men (laughs) in the first episode anyway. Um, so we, we've, I'm really, really happy to be, um, we finished the pilot. We ran it through the, the, um, uh, film festival season of 2021. We won 11 awards. And, um, my CAA right now is pitching it, our first pitch. So we are
1: sitting right now at A&E studios and they're looking at it. So say a prayer for us. <laughs> <laughs> now, Katie, um, so with you, I'm, you know, obviously you're a dear friend of mine. I'm super familiar with your work and I've directed Elizabeth. She's, awesome, <laughs> yeah. she, she's an incredible director. If you ever have a chance to work with her, you are incredibly lucky. Um, she's amazing. Um, and if you have a chance to be her friends, you're even more blessed. She's an incredible friend. Um, and I, and also that sort of dovetails into, I have observed about your work and also in knowing you and knowing the kind of friend you are and seeing how important and how much you really represent, um, female relationships and female friendships, even, you know, starting with your first, uh, the first film that I saw, uh, five women in the end and, you know, moving on, we did rattled and all of this is about, you know, these female relationships. And interestingly in Faye, it's literally a woman's relationship with herself. How did you, was that something that was, that was always intentional for you or did, was it just natural for you? I am just interested in, how you got to that place as a writer
4: in my writing. Um, yeah, I think I've always written either one, two things, female driven comedies or like dramedies. Cause I grew up on like a steel magnolias, Thelma and Louise, uh, terms of endearment beaches, all those like great, funny women. And then you just cry your eyes out at the end. (laughs) Um, those are my favorite. And like, I kind (laughs) of missed that genre. It just disappeared. Uh Um, but I, I write a lot of that. And then I started bringing in darker elements. I've also always written horror films, um, which is one genre that has pretty much always had a female lead. Always, almost always. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just the foundation of having um, or, or surrounding yourself with, with strong women is um, something that's just, it's very grounded in me. And I think those relationships are important because if, um, you know, if you're, if, if your actual, like life relationship falls apart, what do you fall back on? You know, it's like something that you have to like maintain and surround yourself with. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's really healthy to, to also just, you know, talk about broader topics like God or empathy. (laughs) Yoga.
1: You're really into yoga. (laughs) Super, super into it. (laughs) Sarah's killing it in the streets. Um, And then, Sarah, for you as an actress perspective, you know, obviously you guys just released Faye. What was that? That was like last week. Faye is available. Faye
4: is available on digital and VOD.
1: It's it's America's first one woman
4: movie. And it's the first uh, horror film to ever star one actress. And it's just Sarah
1: for 83 minutes. 86. 86 minutes.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. 86 minutes of me.
1: And it's incredible. If you if you haven't seen it, really do take advantage. It's, it's an absolutely... I mean, the two of them wrote this together. They're incredible writers. It really blends together horror and drama and emotion, uh, empathy and comedy. And it's just... It's a wonderful watch beyond being, you know, very innovative and one of a kind. Um, Sarah, for you, what was that experience like? I mean, it's sort of like the ultimate what yeah. a <laughs> um, test when you're doing a performance and it's just you, but I do feel like to a large degree in, in Faye, you do experience a relationship. There yeah. is, there is a relationship. And I think that we are all familiar with the relationship that you have with yourself. And that is a real thing. So what was that like for you as both a writer, because you developed, you know, you wrote the script and then acting in it. How did you, yeah, just tell us about it.
2: Um, I mean, it was, it was a great experience to be able to play a female character who is not always likable. And I think that that kind of, um, it, it feeds into this whole idea of the Bechdel test is, is about two women not talking about a man, which, you know, would have blown people's minds back in the day. They're like, wait a second, what What else are they going to talk about? But I think a lot of times women, the way that they've been de- depicted in film and their narratives have been centered around them being likable and talking about men. And there's just so many other topics that are interesting and ways that we can show women on film and the things that they think about and, and, uh, dive into. And like the presentation we, we just watched, um, with, uh, Dr. Wang, it's, it's, um, you know, women know how to express emotion in a way that is super nuanced and interesting. And so playing Faye, who's going through the five stages of grief, um, I got to just bear it all. And even though, I mean, part of the Bechdel test is two women speaking about something other than a man, man, and obviously it's only me, but there are conversations that Faye has um, on the phone with like her mom or her publicist where she's literally just spinning out and, and, um, pondering questions like whether or not she's a good person. And, um, you know, we've all been there no matter what gender, but it was great. I mean, it was awesome. I got to just feel all my feelings with a camera in my face, which if you know me, that's very I like it. I like it.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. And and we'll take it to the end. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested in, in just your experience at being in the field of news for so long. I also know your daughter. I, I, it just <laughs> really? dawned on me that you're Tori's mom and I was like, I can... Oh my gosh, like this is so exciting. Um, What has that been like? I mean, especially being in the field for an extended period of time where there's many different evolutions happening in our culture um, and being a woman and having that female voice.
5: Tell us a little bit more about that. I think being a woman in TV news, uh, since I've been in TV news, which has been truthfully if I started, I started in college. So it's been at least 40 years that wow. I've been doing this. So I've seen all kinds of things happen over the years. I remember working at a radio station and we were automated, uh, which meant you had to put these big reels on and push a button and they'd come on. Anyway, I remember the general manager telling me, he said, whatever you do, don't play two women back to back songs. And I'm like, why not? He said, because nobody wants to hear two women singing. And I remember thinking, what? So I you know little things like that would happen and being in TV news if you were a meteorologist at the time you were a weather girl. He was the weather man or he was the meteorologist but you're the weather girl. And I even then when I was much younger it just didn't ring true to me because I was raised in a very strong a female. It wasn't female driven, but my mother and my father were equal and they made sure that we knew that women had their rights, as many rights as anybody else. So for me, it was kind of like, mm. and, and speaking of film, though, I remember one of the first films I saw, and this is really going to date me. I don't know if anybody's even heard of this movie. It was called Imitation of Life. Okay, there we go. here <laughs> yeah, me too. We're all together. <laughs> it was a great movie. But in that movie, because I wasn't really sure what the Bechdel test was either, but I remember at that time, it was a story of two women who came from two completely different lifestyles, but they came together to accomplish something. And I remember thinking, that's great. You know, there, there was a man in it, but he was sort of like, eh. Nobody was really paying a lot of attention to him. He was just kind of thrown in every now and then. But I just thought, this is wonderful. Two women doing something. It had a sad ending. And I understand because I looked it up. I read it uh, just yesterday that Beyonce is now going to produce a new version of it with Zendaya as one of the main characters. So that should really be something special. But it's just that when you're in news, a lot of times... You couldn't do the hard news stories because they didn't think you could do them. You couldn't handle them. We, we can't send you out on this, but we'll send you out on uh, they're planting pansies, you know, in the <laughs> at the Capitol. You can go do that story. And at the time, I just wanted the experience. So, I, you know, whatever they told me, I'd have gone out and, and done just about anything. But after a certain point, you say, you know what? I can do more than this. And if I have to fight you and come into your office every single day to do it, that's what I'm going to do. And that is what I did. And you have to do it for others, too. So when they come along, you guide them. Because a lot of times when they come in, they're young and they don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody. Offend. You know, if you have to offend, offend. Because if you don't, you'll never get anywhere. So it's it's sort of, I'm sure it's sort of like the movies used to be, where you had to, you know, follow a certain thing. I think about, because they've been talking about Kim Kardashian and the Marilyn Monroe dress. I wonder what Marilyn Monroe had to go through to get to where she was. I'm just sure that the things that she did, we probably wouldn't even believe. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not that bad now, but it's something that that still permeates. You have to kind of fight for what you want. And if you're a woman, you have to fight harder. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to open
1: this question up to, to anyone who wanted to contribute. Hopefully all of you will want to contribute. Um, you know, this is something that my mom and I talk about a lot and that I think about a lot that we don't really think about women didn't have certain rights or women weren't seen as more than sort of an accessory to a man um, up until kind of recently, you know, and it wasn't until the seventies that you could have your own bank account as a woman. It wasn't really until, you know, the fifties, sixties, and seventies that women started really getting out into the workforce and mass, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm curious as to your um, viewpoint on, the importance of representation of women's issues and women's stories in all spaces, whether it's news or film or writing, how do you think that that is helpful to all of us, men and women?
2: I'll go first if you Mm
3: don't mind. Um, I've had to deal with this in not only the film business now since, you know, 2013 and then before from 82 till 92 till I moved here. But then that whole time in between in the country music industry as a, as a, you know, I've been blessed to have hits in the, in the country music world, but you know, as a woman fighting that whole thing in the music business of the good old boys, it's rough. It's very rough, and it's the same in the TV and film industry. I think right at this moment we have an easier time because people all they want is female-driven things right now. You know, it's kind of that woke moment. Thank God that we need more women and um, inclusion in our in our pieces. But for a long time, and and back to the music music part, we weren't allowed. You know, we were. We've been fighting freaking hard to get women heard on radio because all of a sudden out of nowhere we went from the queens of country music reba trisha pam tillis you know patty loveless they were just as much on the chart as the men were today they 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 were they were dropped there was not a woman on the chart for years and barely you know um reba and miranda survived so We've been fighting really hard for that. And we're making headway now again in country music to get them back on the radio, because you cut out women, you cut out more than half of the country music audience. You really do. (laughs) So in film and television, it's so important. I mean, we missed, I missed that That's my favorite genre, the, you know, laugh till you cry and then (laughs) laugh again. But the whole world misses those stories if you don't tell the f- women's side, and they don't all have to be rom coms. But men really do want to hear women's stories, whether they admit it or not. <laughs> He's back there going, "Mm hmm, hmm." <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it's it's important for all of us to you know put your head down and keep going because. Mm-hmm it it's just really really important to put that out there. It doesn't matter what they say, it doesn't matter what they tell you you need in the movie or in the TV show. Ignore it. Make your piece. Yeah. Do it anyway and just let the audience decide because at the end of the day, the people who watch or listen are going to decide what's a hit.
2: Yeah. I think it's also there's nothing better than going to see a movie and feel like it was honest and truthful and you can see a piece of yourself in that movie. And, um, if we aren't being bold and like Vicki said, you know, even take being brave enough to offend, but if it's the truth, if it's your truth and it's your story, then chances are maybe it's somebody else's story. And I just think it's important that we be vulnerable in that way, that we be just kind of brutally honest with how we feel and how we want to represent that, especially, especially in media, in media, um, in film, because that's where people go to see that. I mean, sometimes we don't even get the chance to really um, know how we're feeling until we see it in front of us on a screen. And we're like, Oh gosh, I feel really understood right now. So super important.
4: It starts. So to go back to what you said about like, it started in the seventies because in the sixties, in the fifties and up, up into the sixties, like women would wake up in perfect makeup. It would be like Doris Day and Rosemary Clooney and all of this. Mm-hmm. But then in the seventies, that's when you got like Shelley Duvall and mm-hmm. Ellen Burstyn and these women that show themselves and they get angry and they cry and they get ugly. And it just, it's the kind of performances that just punch you in the gut and you can't stop talking about it. And then, um, I, I think that it's just so incredibly important to when you're when you write characters, just to ask those questions, like, am I portraying this person as a person with feelings and, um, and, you know, what's her goal and what's the situation and, and how, how is this going to affect it? Like single, single women are really interesting characters, you know, because it's like, um, especially if you're trying to pass the Bechdel test, like one, one of my all time favorite movies, is called Alice doesn't live here anymore. It's one of Martin Scorsese's early films back in his formative years. Um, (laughs) and it's, um, literally about a a widow who, who loses her husband and then hits the road with her child trying to just find herself again. And it's hilarious. And it's, heartbreaking and it's awesome. And, um, I, I personally like my favorite character pieces are, they involve both genders and and it's just, now I'm just talking in a circle, but, um, It, it's important. And and I also want to say that there's a, there's a tool out there. If for screenwriters, anyway, we write on a software called writer duet, which is pretty much taken the place of final draft and it's free. And there's a script analysis tool that tells you how many times your script passes the Bechdel test. Uh-huh. It's in the
2: software. Yeah. So writer duet. Writer duet. Yeah. Writer duet. Anyone else? It also tells you, like, how many lines your character has. So, you know, if anybody has more lines than me, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm not kidding, but...
1: This is why I absolutely <laughs> love funny. you.
4: <laughs> we discovered, like, the last movie we made is the only script we've written that doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Oh yeah. What's it about?
2: It's about a woman who um, loses her mind because of a man. <laughs> <laughs> And this is a lesson for all of us. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She couldn't pass the Bechdel test. It's called the unraveling.
5: (laughs) Let me ask you this. One of the movies that I was considering for the Bechdel test, and you can tell me because you don't know more than I will. (laughs) Mean Girls, would that be because... The men seem like they were secondary it was more the girls who were like going at each other or yeah. talking to each other and i it thought does that would pass was,
4: yeah yeah it passes I and guess. it doesn't has like it doesn't have to be the entire movie like right. you can talk about men in the movie like one of my favorite uh movies that passes it with flying colors is how to lose a guy in 10 days like those women talk about politics and food and stuff you know <laughs> like any scene with friends they're like really just
2: when she takes the bite of the burger it makes me want a burger every time <laughs> I want one now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. Um, okay, so maybe some of you have seen this video if you're on TikTok. Maybe some of you guys aren't on TikTok. But um, I hopefully some of you will remember there was this this girl who wrote a song about they sent a woman to space. I feel like you've seen this, Nicole. They sent a woman to space for like two days, some very short period of time, and they sent her to space with like 150 tampons. Um <laughs> Because nobody knew like that, like literally the men were like, we don't know how many tampons a woman needs. We of uh, two days, 150 tampons. <laughs> um, and so, I, again, this is something that I think about often. And I don't know, I guess I have really interesting conversations with my mom, but just the fact that there's there's issues that are very distinct to being a woman that especially, I just went to visit um, my aunts and uncles who were all like in their seventies and eighties. And they were telling all these interesting stories from their youth and things like secret pregnancies. Like I have an uncle who legitimately, nobody knew that he was born to another man until after his mother died. She took that secret to the grave because that's what it was like to be a woman in those periods of times. And, and I think about the fact that there's so many things that women deal with pregnancy, miscarriage, um, period things, reproductive issues that are very distinctly women's issues that simply are not even discussed. So I'm very interested specifically referring to the Bechtel test and like women in film and television as an opportunity to tell stories that are distinctly centered around women in the experience of being a woman, a woman, how, how important do you think it is to have that representation of like distinctly female experiences and to be, have an opportunity to educate the world around us? Go.
4: I mean, I think it's incredibly important. Um, it, it just opens up a perspective to anyone who's, who's never seen it. You know, it's, it's like having, you know, like you never discuss politics or religion at the table. Mm-hmm. Do it in movies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I've, I think movies are a safe place yeah. to explore um, controversial issues or things that you just we don't want to talk about because it's surrounded by just decades of shame. But I think we're finally at a place um, in America or in this culture anyway, where we can override those things completely. And, um, and film is a
5: cool way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important too. And I'm just kind of throwing this in the mix. Um, for women of color to be represented, absolutely, because there are sometimes two different things going on. Yeah. What a, a person of color has to deal with, as opposed to a person who's not. It's a whole different story. And sometimes those things are not addressed or they're kind of pushed to the side. Like, oh, we'll talk about that later. I think it's very important that everybody is equally represented absolutely. and that, you know, a lot of black women have hair issues. We, you know, you don't we don't want to get rained on. Uh, just being honest, <laughs> don't, don't let it rain. But those are things that we don't really talk about because it's not important to the white audience that we've got these issues or that mm-hmm. we're we're seen as less than. That's very uh, something that we all have to kind of deal with, and that's something you know. Even me going through TV news, climbing you know my way up to the, the ladder or whatever, I had to kind of sometimes say, "Hey." This is me, I'm an African American. You need to listen to me when I'm talking about this. Because a lot of times I'll just make it real quick. A lot of times we'd be doing stories involving people of color and they would get the story all wrong. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. This is why he did that or this is why they said this. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you get a, a news director who is very open minded and said, Oh, okay, well I didn't well tell me more about that. And that's what you want. You want to be represented. And I think that's the same in film. I want to be represented. I want my daughter to be represented. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think it's absolutely critical. You know, I think, uh, and I don't think you have to breeze over that really quickly, you know, especially Mm -hmm. on on the subject of race. I remember I had two friends, um, two black friends, and we were going to go to the waterfalls on a hike. And they were like, thank you so much for inviting us, Elizabeth, because, because to be honest, it's something that we would never do alone. And it, it really hit me so hard that as a white person, that was like never something I even like, I never had to worry about a hate crime on a hike, Sure, but my friends absolutely did. And so I think, you know, from that perspective, representation and really, really providing a space. And I think Katie, you explained it so brilliantly. Film is a safe space where you can, you can communicate about something in a well-rounded way that that the communication can be received and perhaps hopefully bring about more understanding of what's, the truth of what's happening with people. So yeah, representation is critical. Uh, anyone else? I'll add to that. Um, there's,
3: I'm working on a new, um, uh, TV series called Burning Daylight. It's a, it's a, again, it's a, well, this is a true story, but in the civil war, when all the men went off to war here in this area, this starts in Arkansas, um, the, the cattle had to get to Fort Worth or people didn't eat beef, you know? So the, the women and the children in town drove the cattle. So, um, but in this whole process and I have some rodeo friends, I'm a, I'm a horse person too. I don't know if y'all knew that, but, um, I have a friend. Well, in East Texas, we're representing black American cowboys because when you, You know, when normal people think of the American cowboy, they automatically associate that with white guys, you know, white cowboys, and that's it. John Wayne. Yeah. And that's great, but it's not all of it. Some of the best cowboys and horsemen in East Texas were black men, and they were the best rodeo competitors. They were the top then. And so, um, we were writing that into the story as well because it's really important. We can't forget that. that why is that not in there? Why, in all the Westerns they made, why is
1: that exactly. not represented? So anyway. Thank you so much. Um, I'm curious to hear from you as to what movie or piece of writing that passed the Bechtel test, female performance, in, like really impacted you. Was there something that you saw and you were like, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to have impacted your film career or made you want to write something, but just you as a human being, what performance did you see that really changed you and,
2: uh, stuck with you? Okay. I mean, Katie and I are horror fans and we love the exorcist. Um, Ellen Burson's performance, and The Exorcist was pretty phenomenal. A mother um, being terrified of losing, or her daughter losing her her, uh, her soul, essentially. Yeah. Um, and the, it's really a love story between the mom and the daughter. Um, and, you know, obviously all of the spiritual elements that go into that, super phenomenal. I mean, Ellen Burstyn in general, she's always been so gritty on film. And, um, was never afraid to expose, uh, yeah, just those, those unpretty, yeah, the raw, Mm -hmm. um, emotion behind, um, what, what a person can go through. Yeah. Um,
3: I think for me, right. That just popped into mind was, um, terms of endearment. Do you, do y'all remember that movie with, that scene when, well, there's so many scenes, but when Shirley MacLaine, who is my mom, by the way, um, not uh, not really, my mom is. Yeah. I was
2: like, that's anyway, awesome. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> she was awesome. She, she's she all of our moms. Colorful. <laughs> <Colourful>. <laughs> colorful.
3: So, um, but that scene when she goes out into the nurse's station and walks around and says, give my daughter the shot. Give my daughter the shot. Well, you know, that was ugly, <laughs> was phenomenal and it was classic a classic moment completely Literally. guttural my daughter's hurting somebody do something right now you know that there is a moment of that's not about a man that's about the woman and the daughter and yeah. that ma- ma- i can't even think of it i have a daughter maternal <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> that maternal you know yeah on um, film <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, the exorcist
4: is definitely one of them. Yes. Thelma and Louise is a big oh, one for yeah. me. Huge. Um, and then, uh, I would say most recently, and this is something I know that we've both watched a ton of times is Booksmart, Paddington Two, Paddington Two. <laughs> everything boils down to Paddington Two.
2: that's in her top 10. Although I don't yeah, think it, it is. passes the back. Book no,
4: Booksmart's a really, uh, really brilliant, so hilarious. It's modern,
2: so good.
4: Uh, female friendship story about high schoolers that are yeah. they're just a whole it's great everything about that movie is pretty perfect mm-hmm. and it passes the
5: bechdel test with flying colors <laughs> i'm a fan of and i don't know i don't think it passes the bechdel test nine to five I love. I just love their camaraderie between the three of them. And I just, I know there was a guy involved. I think he was the boss Mm -hmm. and he was involved, but I just thought that they just gelled so, so well together that it was just.
4: Well, their commonality in that was the unfair treatment at work. So, uh, you know, it's like an honorary Bechdel test. (laughs) (laughs) Honorary. It was the first, uh, it was the first uh, movie to show like women in a professional uh, lifestyle smoking weed. That's important.
5: That's, right. <laughs> that's like Lily Tomlin. <laughs> that's, a, that's
4: a moment in film history.
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you all so and much. Country music was represented. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I guess what, uh you know, to kind of, as we, as we, move towards the end. What advice do you all have? I mean, obviously all of you are are strong women, strong, creative women who have really made an, you know, made a road for yourself and created something. What is your advice to everyone out here in the audience on, you know, how to really push further with themselves? Mm
2: Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I would just say that every story is important. And so if there's something that you feel really passionate about and you want to put it, um, on paper and then hopefully eventually on screen, uh, to just, you know, take off all of the layers and let it, let it be as truthful as, as you can can possibly make it without thinking about maybe, um, I mean, I'm not great at this because I'm like, she's like, Sarah, we have to make our movies palatable for people to con- like consume. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody dies. Everybody is, yeah, everybody does. that's the end. Um, but I would say writing your story is as truthful as you can and not necessarily worrying about whether or not it's it, how it's going to be received or how people feel about it because, um, you know, uh, Hopefully, like I said before, if somebody's watching that film and that's also a part of their experience, then that's, I mean, that's the goal. We want to make films um, that bring people together and connect them and make people feel understood and represented. Um, and so uh, it, the chances are, if you're feeling something and you're passionate about it, then somebody else is is probably going to love it. It might be their exorcist. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would say, um, uh, I'm going to speak more for like a, a writing perspective as well. Like, so tell your stories and if there's something in there that you want to explore, like you want to write a female character better, let a woman read it. You want to write a person of color, let a person of color read your script mm-hmm. and tell you, their perspective. Um, Same thing. If you have like, if you're writing a story about a gay character, perhaps run it by a gay person, Mm -hmm. you know, or like there's a lot of stories that we can tell. And there are ways to incorporate um, just richer storytelling through, through the collaboration
3: process as well. I'll touch on that. Being a co-writer for a long time in the music business, that is gold because um, I, 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 love co-writing. I don't like to write by myself because look at the chemistry you two have. Obviously it's beautiful. (laughs) And when you're a songwriter, you find those two or three people that you finish each other's sentences. And, um, when you find that you stick with them. Um, but, and, and then again, if I, if I have anything to touch on with songwriting and I bring that into screenwriting now, because, as songwriters, if there's any of those in the room that are songwriters and film and TV writers, we've written hundreds and hundreds, sometimes some of us thousands of songs, um, sometimes two a day for our publishing companies, that we, we our goal is to, in three and a half minutes, so it's not like writing a screenplay or thank God a drama series or a movie mm-hmm. where you're dancing in the meadow, in three and a half minutes, you you your goal is to tell a story that people can relate to. Hopefully, reach into their heart, pull it out, and either throw it up in the air in jubilation or stomp on it and make them feel. But make them feel, and you want to do that with a great hook. Your goal is to write write things in a way that have never been said. So. I, I sort of, in my mind, bring that to screenwriting and, and scenes, because what do we all remember from uh, Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Show me, well, yeah. <laughs> Show you me the money. You had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at hello, and you complete me. Those the are The human hooks. head weighs eight pounds. Those are hooks. Those are, <laughs> <laughs> hooks. Those are song hooks. All of us go to movies, go home and write songs, and the first one to get to the hit, you know, Kenny Chesney recorded it. Ah, crap. My You Complete Me song's dead now. But- If you can write each scene with a great hook, then you're gold. And I go back and write. I check every scene after I've written and think it's great. And hopefully try to have one of those hooks in every scene so that there's that line that people walk away from and go, wow, that's how people. Give my daughter the shot. Yes, exactly. (laughs) 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 So if that's a little bit of. Advice. It's something I try to follow, and you know, don't succeed all the time. But it's a it's an interesting thing to think of. Hundreds of mini movies we've had written, we've had to write. So now we get to dance in the middle.
5: Uh, my only quote is, "Don't let your dreams die with you." Because how many times have you said, I, if only I could do this, I've wanted to do a play, I've wanted to act, i wanted to produce, i wanted to direct, but oh no, I don't think I can. You have to do it. You, it's, there's things in your life that you have to do, and they're not going to be easy, and that's why you have to do it, because it's not going to be easy. Do not let your dreams just kind of, as they lure you in the ground, well, she had a lot of dreams, didn't get them done, but that's because she was afraid to stop being afraid just stop being afraid. Do it. If you want to do it, do it. What have you got to lose? Seriously, if you mess up, you start over again. It's like, you remember the Etch-A-Sketch used to turn it? Yes. If you mess up, just shake it and start over again. So that's my (laughs) 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 advice.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much.
4: I think that uh, in general, women want to lift each other up I think there's sure there's competition, it's healthy competition. There's some jealousy uh, in my environment anyway behind the scenes. it's a healthy jealousy. Um, I definitely want to see my fellow women uh, all my female friends succeed. Um, and then you know something to be said about the the, the diva aspect or, or the caddy attitude or, or whatever. A lot of times, um, and I think this is something that we've even talked about with, like, Tom Hardy. Yes. (laughs) It's a woman just setting a boundary or just just taking her power and putting her foot down, which it would be fine if it were, you know, like, from a director's perspective or from an actor's perspective, it would... No one would blink if, if a man said this. And sometimes if a woman just sets a boundary, she's now catty or highly demanding. But um, I think that's a compliment. <laughs> you know, in the you studio, could, in the music
3: studio, that, they call you a bitch. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> if, if you get that reputation, then, you know, I want to work with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Got it. laughs> And that's why we're business partners. That's why we um on our last film that that we did, uh we I had a, a a birth scene. And um Nicole here was was there. She was a producer in hair and makeup, and then Katie was directing. And I just remember feeling so comforted by all of the women in the room and one of our PAs, who was her her one of her first films working, she was like, It was like you were all her doulas and I was like it kind of (laughs) felt like that but there's nothing better for me than showing up on set and having another woman there because sometimes I'm nervous or I'm scared and not that I don't also go to my male co-stars or friends or whoever's working on set but there's just for me I am uh it's like it's, I don't know, there's, yeah. there's nothing there's... more comforting for me than showing up. And I don't, you know, the, the women that we've been uh, lucky enough to surround ourselves with, um, have, have been nothing but supportive Yeah. and have met me in the deep end when there's, I feel like I'm
4: drowning. There's <laughs> so. an innate, like nurturing sense to, to most women, like, the maternal thing or, or whatever you know like if a kid is lost they go find a woman.
2: Katie has held me like a baby <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> but yeah, and um
4: you know, a, a huge part of just of, of working together it, a lot just the culture's changing. We're like still answering this question about caddy women, but I'm like, the, is it time for us to wrap it up? Cool. All right. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the culture's changing and, and a lot of it has to do with, um, with collaboration, with consent culture and um, with just the fight for equality in general. And Elizabeth, I'm going to hand it back to you to like put a bow on it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I think you guys do. I think everyone here does such a great uh, example of, If you want a strong community, you build a strong community. If you don't want to experience cattiness, then you aren't catty, you know, I think that, that whatever, I mean, not to sound, you know, like I'm a mystic, but like what you are seeking and the vibration that you put out is what you're going to find. So if you find yourself surrounded by environments where everyone is catty and cutting each other down, we'll remove yourself from that environment and go find an environment where people are building each other up and helping each other up the mountain and creating a brand new culture. Cause that's the only way that we evolve, you know? Um, Can there's
2: my bow. Yes. Oh, oh uh, no, I was going something really quick. I think that the industry also used to be, you know, there weren't a lot of female filmmakers. And so, um, a lot of times there was that one token, like female role that, you know, the industry used to, pit actresses against each other in order to get that one thing. But I think now with more females making films and producing and stuff like that, that it's less of an issue. And I also think it's like, know your worth. Um, not every role is for you. And sometimes like Elizabeth is, is, um, an actress that I, I am always inspired by and look up to and, Lord knows there are roles that I'm like, that's hers. That's Elizabeth. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. Anyways. Beautiful. Thank you. Not a bow, but whatever. <laughs> a
1: tag. If you that's will. that. But yeah, I mean, we just definitely want to encourage everyone to like get your piece of the pie because it's important. And because, you know, like we've said so many times representation matters and we all have to, you have to write your script and you have to make your things and you have to really make it so that other people can also make it too. So we're all forging the path together. Um, I just want to thank you all for attending today. I want to thank our lovely panelists. Let's give them a round of applause.
0: You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.bonzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Banzai Creative, and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film. And you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at your Heart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels, to pitch readiness assessments and so much more you have everything to gain until next time be better be creative be engaged and thank you for listening